SAFM. It is uh, the art of everything with myself, Bridget Masinga, right here on SAFM. By the way, our WhatsApp line is open on 061-410-4107. That's uh, 061-410-4107. If you'd like to uh, uh, start sending through your requests for after 10 o'clock on our Friday takeover, we are ready to receive those. We've got uh, Matebe Mudisa back on the line, born and bred in Johannesburg, and she is the founder and CEO of Beauty on Tab. Uh, Apologies for the those bad lines it's definitely something on our side this we are well aware of um Matabe, when, so i was saying that you are a qualified chartered accountant and uh, you were in the banking industry for close to 10 years i presume you had quite a love for it and you were very successful um you know climbing the ladder and and building a really solid career so what decide or what sort of brought on the change for you where you were like you know what i think maybe i need to change direction a little bit um, I think it all came from uh, my friend's wedding. Um, she needed a, a makeup artist that I thought there's a gap in the market for an application where people can search makeup artists like a directory that people would say a beauty Uber. Mm-hmm. Um, and I took a leap of faith and said, let me actually try do it. But we also had a product directory on the app. Mm. And people just said, you know, it's kind of frustrating buying you know, and there was natural hair movement at the time and people wanted to buy like locally made natural hair products. Mm-hmm. And they just said it's annoying buying one product from this brand and then a hairspray from this other brand. Why don't you just aggregate everything on one platform and launch an e-commerce website? And this all happened in 2016. The mm-hmm. e-commerce website launched. And since then, we've just grown and um, we have a, you know, hair care offering, skin care offering, big skin care offering, as well as self-care so that's how the whole business kind of started and prior to your friend's wedding was there any interest at all for you to move away from the final uh, financial sector or just and even a uh, dabbling in other things whilst you were fully in the the financial sector um, i actually used to love baking i used to like bake cakes as like a side hustle <laughs> Um, so that was the only thing I did, but I've always thought I, I was a banker, like in high school, I did chartered accountancy because, um, I wanted to work at the specific bank and mm. work in the banking industry and thought that one day I'd be CEO of a bank. I didn't know that I'd own, you know, a tech company that retails beauty products one day, but that's kind of what fell into my lap. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm. you, you know, you say fell, but I think there was a, a lot of thought and a lot of planning, even yes. though the idea just sort of sprung, you know, from conversations with some girlfriends mm. at a wedding. Um, but for it to be so successful at such a rapid uh, pace, um, the, obviously a lot of research and a lot of planning and, and probably some of the, the skills and the knowledge that you um, sort of acquired from your journey as a banker um, it mm. definitely came in quite valuable. Yeah, 100%. I always tell people don't discount corporate training. There's so much you learn um, from, you know, big corporate companies like processes and, you know, why certain processes have to take place. Mm. And once you kind of implement that into your business, it kind of like builds structure within your business. So um, I absolutely love that I had, you know, corporate training from one of the best banks on the continent even. Mm. Um, and then I could kind of bring that into Beauty on Tap. And that's why it's such a customer-centric, um, you know, e-commerce website because I come from a bank that had a culture of client first. So mm. there's definitely a lot that I learned in my 
corporate career that I've now brought into uh, Beauty Unstop as well. And that definitely comes through that that culture of customer first. You know, I was saying mm. that um, if you just go on Twitter on any given day, when uh, people, you know, have a, an inquiry and, and Twitter is sort of like our encyclopedia for everything now. If mm. people have a beauty, uh, you know, inquiry, where can I get that product? Who's reliable? Uh, who can I trust? Where do I buy that's convenient? Your app, Beauty on Tap, is nine times out of ten mentioned and always mentioned in good favor. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I'd hope so. But, you know, the one thing that I that I um, kind of chant every single day in the office is that, you know, customer first, and I explain the value of why we have to put our customer first. Mm. And I think just because we're selling beauty products um Online, there has to be an educational aspect to it, and you have to be highly engaging. Mm. Um, just because beauty products, you know, people are scared it's going to burn their skin. You know, is it good for my hair? Yeah. So we have to be transparent and engage with people if they have questions, be able to answer. And so that's why we've had to build like a culture of high engagement and build a community behind the brand as well. Yeah. And how did you sort of, um, you know, ride out the wave of of COVID and and, and everything that was happening, did it affect your business in any way, good or bad? Uh, yeah, so it was good. It kind of like helped the business grow quite a lot just because people were relying on e-commerce and, you know, door-to-door delivery to get, mm. you know, groceries, even their cosmetics and skincare. Mm-hmm. And I think um, the thing was that was really important was just playing it by ear, kind of looking at what's trending, what are people doing. When people were braiding at home, we kind of like added hair fiber onto the website as well and the app. So it was just playing it by ear, seeing what people like, um, seeing what's trending, mm. um, and also just keeping that um, efficiency and fast delivery that we offered during COVID, kind of maintaining that even throughout our growth. Mm. So I think even though we did have growth in COVID, we've kind of tried to maintain that same standard and customer service even today. Yeah, yeah. And mm. at what point does one sort of, one sort of jump, you know, we, we often speak about, um, and I'm sure now being a fully cemented, very successful businesswoman, these are conversations you have at like women's forums and uh, being invited to talk at these business platforms. But at what point does a side hustle become your main focus? Like, when does one jump? Because I think sometimes that's often the struggle for people to say, you know, I've got the security of being a banker at a private bank. I'm earning a great salary. Yes, my business is doing great. Yes, I'm seeing growth. Um, and probably it would be more if I was 24-7 into it. But do I mm. want to risk it all and jump? And, and when do I jump? Um, I think it's twofold. Obviously, your business has to afford you. So I've always said, like, until a business can afford me as a salaried employee, mm. um, I can't jump. And even people would advise me that even if you want investors, they want to see that the business can pay you because you're a crucial part of it. Mm. So um, I kind of had to wait until the business could afford me as a resource in it that works there and can pay me. Um, but also you need to have enough savings mm. um, just in case something happens, you know that you're good to go. Um, but also the most important thing for me was that I just felt that the business was growing at quite a fast rate and I didn't kind of want it to run away. Mm. Um, so I just felt that it was the right time for me to come into the business to kind of like 
harness the growth, like kind of like keep it at a good pace that, you know, we can still keep our customer service and fast, you know, delivery mm. and not kind of slip up on customer service. So I kind of felt that it was time for me to be full time in it to kind of like caretake it and make sure that we grow responsibly. Yeah, that's the right word. Grow responsibly and not kind of let it run away. Mm. Customer yeah. service and customer satisfaction is a really important thing for you. Like you've mentioned it at least two, three times. And I know it's something that if anyone tracks your conversations on social media, uh, it's very central to the business. So central that I read somewhere that you said strategy, your strategy um, has always been to listen to your customers. Mm. So I think like, we have a lot of e-commerce platforms and even walk-in stores that sell exactly, you know, exactly the same products as us. Mm. And so the way that we differentiate ourselves is just that we have a very efficient customer service portal um, through social media, through calling us, very accessible, very transparent. Mm. Um, and so, you know, I even say that to the team. Everyone within the team buys into the customer service part of it. And, you know, I'm, I always say to them, that's what differentiates us. If we slip up they're going to go somewhere else and buy the same products from another platform or in another store mm. um and it's just you know also that just to make people comfortable enough e-commerce is really tricky um i think in south africa people don't really trust it as much mm. and so we're in kind of like a sector that people still want to like understand a little bit more yeah so you kind of have to have really good customer service behind it to let people you know buy into um, you being reliable and trustworthy as well. Yeah. How do you get that right? How do you, I mean, I've seen people talk about, oh, I, I place my order on beauty on tap, you know, at half past eight whilst I'm going to throw myself in there whilst listening to the art of everything uh, on a <laughs> random Friday. <laughs> and I got my stuff delivered the next day. I, how do you manage to get that right when, you know, there are e-commerce platforms that have been doing what you've been doing on a far larger scale with logistical networks that are supposed to be cemented and functioning like well-oiled machines. I'm not going to mention who they are, but they kind of everybody knows when they say they're going to deliver, you have to cancel your whole day um, and, and wait. I think um, so for us, it's like, it's it's such like a, it's not really a nightmare, but it's a lot of work. We use like multiple couriers to make sure that we, get that efficiency right. Mm. And we also have our own in-house courier that we deliver in Joburg to make sure that people in Joburg get their deliveries kind of same day. If you order before 9 a.m., you're going to get your delivery by 5 p.m. Mm-hmm. And then we've just partnered with a courier company that's really fast. Mm. Um, so that's how we've really done it. It's just um, kind of enforcing delivery where we can and hopefully, you know, to expand in future, we'll duplicate that model in the major cities where we have the majority of our customers, mm-hmm. where we'll have like distribution centers and offer same day in those cities as well. But it's just been partnering with the right um, couriers um, and also doing our own delivery, but also having a team that believes in the same day delivery and make sure that packages are packed as fast as possible and correctly as well. Mm-hmm. That's the one thing we want to get all our orders right as well. Mm. It is the voice mm. of the founder and, of course, CEO of e-commerce website, uh, Beauty on Tap. You've uh, no doubt heard about them. Uh, Matebe Mudise has done incredible things since the inception of uh, the platform in 2016. It's evolved to really being quite the uh, comprehensive offering. And the other thing that I found interesting is it's really a business built on reputation because... 
you know, you ask for anything. There was a conversation I saw uh, and how I became aware of y'all. I was looking for sunblock. As you know, you know, black girls, we have issues with all kinds of sunblocks, um, chemical mm. versus mineral versus blah. And y'all were quick to respond to the to the thread, uh, quick to supply the necessary product knowledge and what you have on offer. Um, mm. And and then I wonder if on the, the, the converse of that, if a product doesn't do well, if it gets bad reviews by your customers, do you ultimately take it off as an offering? Um, I don't take it off. So, I mean, we have 600 products on our website now. Mm. Um, and we do have some products that move slower than others. But if I find that a product that we list has a skin lightening ingredient and we didn't necessarily check the ingredients properly, mm. then we'll definitely take it off. So if it's detrimental to people's health, mm. um, then we'll definitely uh, take it off. But we have such a stringent <laughs> listing policy. Mm. Um, we check ingredients. We look at product reputation. We look at how people position their brands. Mm. And so I think the one thing that people like about beauty on tap is that they know that we do the due diligence and work on products mm. and we're not a marketplace there's a difference between marketplace and what we do marketplaces like you can sell something from your home on a platform and deliver okay whereas with us everything sits within our office um we do you know checks on all those brands so um i think we are more reputable in that regard that we actually do the work to check that everything is is is, is safe and healthy for our customers love it beauty mm-hmm. and business with ethics as well this is what we like to hear um and speaking of just incredible products you decided it was not enough that uh, you're going to be running <laughs> a very successful rapidly growing e-commerce platform but you decided, well, you know, let me just get in the game myself as well. Um, put my skin in the game, so to speak. And <laughs> you, you created your own range of beauty products. Mm, pastry. You see the baking at the beginning. That's how it <laughs> links now. Um, yeah, so, you know, people just said they wanted um, body care with active ingredients mm. like serums. And, you know, they said, I can't use... A 30 ml serum on my body. Yes. Um, and we looked in the market for body care with active ingredients and we couldn't find it. And I just said, okay, let me see, you know, if I can create something like this. And we did. And the response has been absolutely overwhelming. So um, we created Pastry Skincare, which um, launched first with uh, body care. Mm. And we're going to be launching Face Care in August. Mm. Something nice coming. Um, so I've really enjoyed pastry, and I think pastry kind of lets me tap into my creative side. Mm-hmm. So I've kind of really enjoyed building my own skincare brand and also understanding, you know, the things that brands go through yeah. in creating their brands. And I think there's a lot more empathy now that I, I, I share with the brands because I know exactly what they go through with, you know, getting product right and getting it delivered on time. So mm-hmm. it's been quite an experience um, in pastry as well. Well, listen, you are doing an incredible job, uh, you know, alongside with your team. I just I see beautiful things for you guys. Continued growth. If you continue on the way that you are going right now and and centralizing the customer and the customer experience to your business, no doubt uh, in the next 10 years or so, you'll be rivaling the very best of them um, across the continent and eating into their market share. Uh, Thank you so much for taking the time to chat to us. It's been such a privilege getting to know you a little bit better. 
Oh, thanks so much, Bridget, and thank you so much for the opportunity. It's a pl- pleasure. Uh, that was uh, Matebe Mudise. She is the founder of Beauty on Tap, and you can, of course, find them. They are a e-commerce uh, a platform for all your beauty products, and Pastry Skincare uh, is also stocked on Beauty on tra- uh, Tap. Otherwise, you can find it at your nearest Africa Rise store if you are based in the Gauteng region. They do supply certain brick and mortar retailers as well. Uh, It's fast approaching 22, 9 o'clock on The Art of Everything.